TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 428, and I am Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Hi, this is Yusun, uh, and I'm a costume designer, and I'm traveling on a train from <laughs> Oakland to Los Angeles. True, <laughs> true. That's how committed I am. <laughs> and this is Allison, and I'm just sitting here at home, and I write reviews for <laughs> novelists. <laughs> I'm lazy. <laughs> All right, let's start off with the news. Uh, first up, we have that uh, uh, black author Walter Mosley has quit oh. Star Trek Discovery after uh, someone reported that he used the N-word in the writer's room. And I feel like he kind of hate quit. It wasn't, he was like, I can use the word anytime I want. What you need? Like? <laughs> you know, it felt, it was weird in that I get it in a professional setting I would never do that it's but not appropriate it's not appropriate Sorry, I, I agree but I actually feel like he was more quitting that somebody narked on him than any I don't know and that writer's room this is the second time people have been fired from the writer's room like what is going mm-hmm. on over there well no the, the first time was when the showrunners were being abusive to writers so they got they got reported in sacks so yeah, I just, I, that's what I'm saying. What's going on in that writer's room? That's all. Um, who's, who's bringing, who's bringing the good stuff or bad stuff? All right. Uh, next piece of news I have is, uh, Julia Child drama starring Jane Cusack. Joan, excuse me. Joan, Jane, Jane Cusack. Cusack? I just made up a person. Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack will be, uh, streaming on HBO now or HBO Max. Thank that. I'm trying to change the name of the streaming service. Greg Berlanti and the Supergirl showrunners are doing a new drama for NBC called Tribeca, which will be based on a Korean show called Sky Castle. But like he needs another show my people. On TV. I know. I was like Greg Berlanti. Yeah. Really, he's just trying to take over the world. I feel like at this point, he literally yeah, has over I? a dozen shows on like five different networks. Networks platforms. It's crazy. all right. Yusin, what are you trying to say? Can I just... I said, can I just give props up to my people? Uh, you Americans love to plagiarize all our stuff. Yay! Look how smart we are. <laughs> it would be better if you actually got money for it, but sure. I know, right? Every Korean person should just get a like a little cut of the pie. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> uh, Milo what however you say his name. Vintamilia. Thank you. There you go. It will be playing Evil Knievel in a USA limited series because we all oh. wanted an Evil Knievel show, apparently. Well, after Toy Story 4. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Now everybody... Wait, but was, I feel like his is going to be more serious than what kids would be watching. Was Keanu Reeves great in it? I didn't see Toy Story 4. Um, he was one of the few things that was good in it. Yeah, he was fun. Oh, really? He was really fun. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is set to write, direct, and star in a show called Mr. Corman, which will be, which is a dramedy for Apple. They keep ele- Go ahead. About an elementary school teacher in L.A. grappling with adulthood. 
or as one of my friends quipped, oh, so it's like New Girl with a guy. <laughs> well, I'm, and my thing is, I don't. I feel like Apple doesn't know what they're trying to do yet. They're just greenlighting random shows. <laughs> yeah, they're just kind of greenlighting random shows, as far as I can tell. Uh, I did a I did a slide for my uh, history of television class. By this time next year, they will be eight major premium streaming services. Oh my god! That doesn't include the little Crazy. ones like Shutter for uh, uh, the uh, NBC Universal's horror thing or DC Universe, which I don't think is going to survive. No. All right. Uh, the Detour has been canceled at TBS for the people who are watching The Detour. My God, I don't even know what that is. Uh, Grace and Frankie has been re- renewed for season seven at Netflix, which is, makes it the longest running show on Netflix. And it's going to be the last season. I believe season. it's their last season. Yep. Jinx, Tom. <laughs> uh, Jillian Anderson uh, will be playing Margaret Thatcher on The Crown. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's worth it. She does have an impeccable uh, British accent. She has a very good British accent. It is. It is rather flattering to Margaret Thatcher. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it is. (laughs) I'm sure they'll use prosthetics. Well, maybe not. We'll see. I'm sure they will. All right. uh, Tom, your news. Yes. ABC has hired Mark Bull, who won the Oscar for writing The Hurt Locker, will adapt Mitchell Zukoff's book, Fall and Rise, The Story of 9-11. At Amazon, the Lord of the Rings prequel series has cast Will Poulter as the male lead. He was the bad cop in Detroit. He's done a bunch of other stuff. I want to say he was in the third Narnia movie, too. Oscar winner Chris Cooper has joined the cast of Homecoming for season two. HBO has picked up a Black Lady sketch show for season two and Succession for season three. Uh, HBO Max has set the creative team for Kaylee Cuoco's The Flight Attendant, a dark comedy. Lifetime has canceled American Princess. Uh, at NBC, Leslie Jones will not return for Saturday Night Live season 45, and Kate McKinnon will only make infrequent appearances. And This Is Us season 4's trailer has given us glim- glimpses of guest stars Omar Epps, Jennifer Morrison, Timothy Amundsen, and M. Night Shyamalan, what? As an actor? As well as, <laughs> as, well as Asante Black and Marsha Stephanie Blake from When They See Us. In I, addition, I, they've, oh, in addition they've, con- they've confirmed season three guests that will return include Griffin Dunn, Elizabeth Perkins, and Felicia Rashad. Had, did At you Netflix, watch the, I was going to say, did you watch that trailer? Mm-hmm. It was, uh, they didn't show anything from the family. It was all the guest stars. It was, it was all the weird. guest stars. <laughs> very weird. But go ahead. Um. At Netflix, Patty Jenkins, director of Wonder Woman and its upcoming sequel, and also uh, executive producer of TNT's I Am the Night, has inked an overall TV deal with Netflix. $10 Gary million. Dollars. Ka-ching! Gary Sinise will join 13 Reasons Why for its fourth and final season. Kevin James will lead The Crew, a multi-camera NASCAR comedy. Wanda Sykes and Mike Epps will star in a multi-cam comedy, The Upshaws, about a working-class family in Indiana. Christian Serratos from The Walking Dead will play the title role in an upcoming biographical series about Selena Quintanilla. And Netflix will release Martin Scorsese's The Irishman in theaters on November 1st, then stream it three weeks later. Except, wait, except the major theaters will not take it because the the window is too small. Oh, because the window is too small. Yeah, only the the small theaters. Art house thing. Yeah. Yeah. And USA Network has renewed Queen of the South for season five. Yeah. Alrighty then. 
Let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about two episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. And what this has taught me is that you cannot have two episodes without Morgan or I will lose my mind. (laughs) The show is, I mean, I enjoy Fear the Walking Dead, but having two episodes with no Morgan lets you see that there's a reason why they brought Morgan over from uh, Walking Dead. Because, man, whoo. I was bored by the second episode. I was. I started fast forwarding. I'm sorry, uh, Allison. What'd you think? I mean, there were two um, different episodes, but yeah, I'm trying to remember the first episode because uh, I remember the most recent one with the rabbi. And no, the, no, no, the the one rabbi before. is the no rabbi is the furthest one. The most recent one is the one after the rabbi. Oh wait, did I see episode no. early? Oh, some kind of way I'm getting episodes early. So I've already seen the one for Sunday. Oops. Okay, so what was the one before that? <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, the one that I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, did I miss something? No, yeah, no I was the, wondering. The, I'm, for last some, Sunday's episode was I'm the getting, one I'm about. getting the episodes on Friday. And I don't, and I was like, why am I getting the episodes on Friday? But I'm getting them on Friday. And so I watched the one that I guess is airing tonight already. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, it's not that great. Okay. Uh, so, okay, the so rabbi... that, that would be like, you know, three uh, episodes was... without Morgan, I guess. Oh, what the heck was the one before them? Uh, I have no idea. Let's just talk about the rabbi one then. Because I have no recollection of what the heck was before that. Yeah, uh, seriously. I mean, I'm, I'm having trouble remembering what it was. So the rabbi episode, uh-huh. one, it's Peter Jacobson, who is fantastic. And... There was really weird vibes of Father Gabriel, except that he's way cooler than Father Gabriel was when he got introduced. I mean, I like yes, Gabriel and not, now. Not quite as terrible about his his, uh, his congregation. Congregation, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it did I give me vibes of it, though. I was pleased to see him finally play a character who isn't smarmy, because no, that's no, kind of not. been the trajectory. Of, of his career lately it's like you always know who the smarmy bad guy is because he's playing him and so it was nice to see that change this time that he's actually playing a decent human being so I, I approved of that but what was interesting I mean, is I like the fact that he didn't really think he was a good human being and that it took uh, Charlie to really convince him mm-hmm. uh, that you know he well, has Jewish guilt that... you know it's a thing <laughs> No, I can Believe see. Me, I can tell you. It's I, okay. I, but I totally understood his, you know, his point of view is that he leaves his congregation. He thinks they're safe. He goes on a run to get supplies, and he comes back because he's actually being the brave one. And he's like, I have to be the one that has courage and go out and get supplies. And he comes back, and everybody's dead. And he's like, If I had stayed, I'd be dead too. So then he starts, you know, questioning his entire faith and everything and I thought because I was actually I was like man it's the apocalypse and he's doing every like he's doing all the traditions and doing all the ceremonies on the clouds like that's a little strange um but I like their explanation of why he's doing it I thought Mm -hmm. all of that was really good he he's a really good addition to yeah I think so too he's He's a really interesting character yeah yeah and and I just need to see him with the heavyweights because Charlie's fine I guess but I really want to see him have a scene with Morgan or any of the really good actors. I want to see that play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, same here. So I thought this was a really great introduction for his character. Um, 
that's all I have to say about that because I started to think about the next episode, which you haven't seen, so I can't say anything. Yeah, Stop. no. Well, they set it up. Um, the the ver- by the very end, you realize that the um, oh, I forget what they call the the character who oh Logan is the oil Logan. Guy. Um, yeah, the, and and he's clearly just been guiding them out of the way so he can get to the oil fields. And I have to say, I don't care about the yeah. oil fields. Like, I understand intellectually the stakes are, this is the last place we get oil, and if you can't, you're going to be on foot or on a horse. I get it. But I'm like, that's still non-sustainable. At some, time, at some point, that oil is going to run out, the cars are going to run out, so you should actually just adjust to what life will be like without oil and car and move on. Like, and the fact that our main characters are always driving gas guzzlers, you always see them in these huge trucks or <laughs> Jeeps or, you know, like they never drive well, it's like, like a sedan. Max. Yeah. It's so they, like Mad Max. It's like the, the main thing for, for like through Mad Max and Road Warrior and, and yeah, you know, the original three was the, the, how hard it was to get a hold of gasoline. In the meantime, they're doing nothing but burning gasoline in in all three movies. So right, it's like, it's uh, I don't understand this. But the thing that really makes me crazy with the oil fields is that it's not the oil that is even hard to get. They could siphon stuff out of cars that what they need is a refinery. Because well, well that, that actually, that's, in the, next, that, right that, that's in the next episode. They actually, yeah, they show that, that they have a method... To refine it, like that's the whole deal. Okay, well that makes that makes sense. But I mean, if they had been complaining that oh we need to find a refinery, that would have made sense to me because there is essentially oil everywhere in in like millions of abandoned cars everywhere. It's just it's all, all gone bad. It's all gone bad. So all you, what you need is a refinery to process all that. So um, you know, I mean, that's what they would be fighting for. And naturally. that is that is actually the fight for the next episode, which I also don't care about. But yes, okay, but and, you know, and also the fact that w- we know that in Walking Dead, um, which takes place in the same world, even if it's like at a different time, they've already given up on cars and they are on horses and they seem to be doing okay. Exactly. So that's what it, I'm kind of like, like. Just move on, people. You know, this is not the the thing to have a big fight over. It's they there's other ways around this. And there's so few people around anyway that no matter where you get oil from, you don't need to fight over one oil field. It's, it's just dumb. And, and the fact that all the roads are clogged anyway because all the car Like, it's dumb. Yeah, the whole thing is just stupid. And um, it doesn't feel like it has stakes. And for Logan to be chasing them down, he's very non-violent about it. So, like, he's like... he's all And, and all his guys, his thugs, always have these huge machine guns. And so I was like, so you're like Negan, but non-violent because you won't shoot them? <laughs> like, it's so bizarre. I was like, either paint him as a bad guy or don't. Like, what, what, what's going on? Um, and it doesn't make it clear how he got these thugs because it doesn't really look like he's in charge of them. And it's so, so weird, and I don't care. I so yeah. don't you know, the- care. The thing with Walking Dead, with with Fear the Walking Dead, for me is that I've gotten to the point where I really like their collection of characters. Right, I, and Let's I like spend them much time better with the than characters. the ones on Walking Dead. Right, but the problem is they keep veering away from from character stuff and giving us this non situation to care about 
this this you know well I feel this like bad guy who really doesn't function terribly well and a, a a problem that really isn't a problem and we're supposed to be invested in that and I'm not invested in that yeah. I am invested in the characters and Correct. if they focus more back on the characters then I'm with them you know yeah I, exactly I like the it, whole relationship between Morgan and the new uh, scientist woman um, mm-hmm. that was fascinating. Like, yes. You know what I'm saying? When we spend time with the characters having to work out a problem that's not huge. It doesn't have to... Like, Walking Dead already does the huge, gigantic, world-ending problems. Let them do that. And let fear deal with the character moments. Because that's when yeah, fear is strong. The show is really strong when they deal with character. And this stuff with the oil fields is just not it. It's just not yeah. it. Uh... All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Carnival Row. And uh, we're going to talk about the first three episodes, mainly because it really takes episode three for the show to kick off. The first two episodes are world building. It introduces you and to what's... Dull. It's not dull. It is a little slow. I will give you that. It but I got, I they, got really... They, Go ahead. They did not set up that show properly. Because you need to meet, uh, you need to meet Legolas a lot faster. You need to know what <laughs> I knew you were going to call him Legolas. I knew you were going to call him Legolas. I knew well, you were. I mean, it's just that's how I would like to remember him always. You, you you've got to, especially with the streaming shows. I think one of the problems with the streaming shows, and I've been reading a lot about Netflix bloat, and what Allison and I can specifically converse about that with the first two issues of Dark Crystal. <laughs> but I think a problem of some of the streaming shows, the rules of a broadcast shows still apply. You've got to front load your pilot. You can't dole out exposition for two episodes and expect people to keep watching, because you know because you guys are recommending the flashback episode, which is episode three. Yes. You know, I will watch episode three before I render my verdict. But man, based on those first two episodes, get the plot going. Now, and, now see, I liked it better than you did. I, I really was engaged from the very beginning. I but was, I do yeah. agree that it really takes its time because there was a lot of time where I was spent, okay, but why are all these people caring about this yeah. or... Who is this guy, or how do they tie in? And it does it, it does take until episode three before it pulls all these threads together, and you go, oh, okay, I understand now, but why did it take so long? And um, I, thought they, I thought they botched the handling of the murder mystery, too, because it's like, dude, you got to get, you need to hit the, I would have started the, uh, what's the name they call the, the town? The Berg. Oh, the Berg? The Berg. The Berg. I would have I I, I put the first scene in the Berg be the murder, and then have people investigating the murder. And so they they laid it out bass backwards. I just thought, come on. Yeah, and I have to say, I mean, I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but I do have to say that that is probably, even though it's supposed to be the crux of the story, I found it to be the least interesting element. I will have to I say, when care. they reveal who the murderer is, I didn't know what the murderer you have to is. Know. No spoilers. No spoilers. I'm, I'm not. I actually, I didn't. I actually thought that was pretty cool. I didn't see it coming. Really? Yeah. So it's oh, not the obvious one. It's not the tattooed guy. Who's the tattooed guy? Um, are we talking about the same? Oh, no. Sorry. It, it wasn't even a murder. I was thinking the attacks. Got it. Sorry. Okay. 
Uh, anyway, but I really, I think the, the, the first, the problem with the first two episodes is that Orlando Bloom is, is just blank. He's not giving you anything. That's Orlando Bloom. No, but wait, 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 wait. When you get to the third episode and you do the flashback, you understand what that is. That that's actually something. Like, like it makes it makes his character like, make sense. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. I get it. He's like devoid of like deep emotion, and he's scarred, and he's yeah. like. Yeah, and it shows you why, and then his emotions start to turn back on, and then it's really right. good. I, I right. thought I thought it was really good, and it, and, and does, and does Doctor Sung activate the emotion ship? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it, it makes sense. His his isolation and the 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 way he keeps himself to himself and shuts down everything is, makes sense when you realize logical. why. Don't to do it that's okay. interesting. I know that seems kind of weird, but I, I don't know. I feel like the brooding, quiet kind of um, energy that he's giving out still could be acted better. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's a I, terrible I, actor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very pretty. He's, he's, he's not even that pretty anymore. But here's the thing. I was going to say, he used to be pretty. <laughs> yeah. He's, you he's guys. Like a pretty. No, I'm, I, this is so horrible. I, I would keep. To, I would. I would insert a Orlando Bloom story here, but I, that'll get us well, yes, off course. So, you know, so that's what I'm saying. So, um, but anyway, I just wanted to jump in because I've only seen the first episode. Um, I'm absolutely willing to keep. You know, to keep going through three, especially because I do love the look of it. Um, it's and gorgeous. Yes, it's gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous. Production design is amazing. I, I like. I love the colors they're using, uh, both with the um, cinematography, uh, and then the kind of contrasting the punches of the color with the costumes. I think the costume design is excellent. Not everything looks like it's pulled straight from a warehouse. Um, <laughs> you know, I I have a problem with those wings though. They're terrible. They look like. They look like backpacks. They look like those like fabric backpacks. I mean, I, it even looks like they're wearing straps. I, I, it was, it's so weird. I keep looking at them, and I, I know they're CGI for the most part, but I think when they're not flapping, I think they might actually be, um, uh, like costumes. You know, yeah, they, they might, are they're costumes. Just, they're like they're like sort of like a, a cape like thing that they. Yeah, you know, I think that was so when they're when they're hanging, I agree with you. They look very inert when they start actually CGIing them, so they're moving. Yeah. They're they effective. Look, yeah, they look great. Yeah, I mean, they really look. They're horrible. I mean, they're not only just inert, but they, you know, there's. I feel like they should be more translucent or glittery or shiny or something. You're trying and, to add budget things, to the effects. I get it. But, Whatever. They've already spent some money, so what's a few more? Okay. They're defined. I think they could have been more magical, and I think that 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 to me is a real loss. There, it's a missed opportunity. Well, they they actually do make them more magical in certain points, but anyway, certain contexts, certain contexts, they are a lot more magical. But so anyway, but I just want to say a few more things because this is this stood out. The score is horrible. It is unbelievably horrible. At one point, I think there was like a chase going on on the roof or so. I don't know what was happening, but I was watching with a friend and there was no dialogue. And, you know, they're doing that cheat where they like try to make you feel, you know, they fill in the dialogue with just the music and stuff. And it was horrible. I mean, it was really, really it re- bad. It really wasn't. No, but go it was. ahead. It really wasn't. No, was, my friend turned to me, and we actually said something to each other, and he's not even that discerning. He doesn't even care. And he was like, what is this? Because he didn't know what we were going to watch. I said, oh, let's watch this, you know, and he'd never even heard of it. So he was also not a fan, but he's not into the genre like we are. 
Um, but anyway, as far as the look of it, uh, it, it definitely caught me, and I'm willing to wait till three if you're telling me that it gets better. That's all I want to say. It does. Yeah, it, it does. does. All right. Uh, I, one thought, thing I, I w- thought the met. Go oh, go ahead. I thought the metaphor of the fairies as refugees was kind of interesting, and uh, you know, a little allowing, up, yeah. allowing them to deal with some of the real world situations of 2019. But um, the Kind of the thing that kind of that intrigued me is when we find out in episode two that the kidnapper of the rich kid is the mom, played by Indira Varma, who was in the first couple episodes of Torchwood and was a, she was a regular on Rome, but she has not played a a good girl in a long time. She's she was in Human in Human Target. She was a good person. Oh, she was. Well, that was. Yeah. That was a while ago, human, but yeah. But anyway. Yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> she was on Game of I, Thrones I as an assassin. I presume she has a good reason for kidnapping her own son. She does. Okay. Well, it's good to her. Anyway. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's in her mind. It makes a good sense. Reason. It makes yes. sense. That's all I'm going to say. All right, but I really enjoyed the third episode because it was all... It, it flashes back to the war that they keep talking about, and you really get to get context and texture of what that war was about, how it got kind of how not really how it got started because you kind of get dumped in the in the big middle to end of it, but you see how it all ends and how everybody falls out from it, and you get secrets revealed. So yeah, Ooh. it was good. How many episodes total? It's eight. eight. It's only eight episodes. Oh wow! And oh, I will tell you, I got to I hit like episode five or six and. I could not stop until I was done. Like every wow. everyone yeah. had like a cliff. I was like, okay, I'm going to bed, and then I hit a cliffhanger, and I was like, son of a bitch, and then I like <laughs> played the next one, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna watch one more, and then it got to the end, and I was like, oh come on, and it was just like that <laughs> well, all the way to the well, end. I've, yeah, I marathoned well, it in two eight, sittings I, too. So yeah. Well, I've got eight more hours on a train, so maybe. <laughs> There you go. There you go. That's what I'll do for the next six to seven hours. All right. Well, let's move on. That will eat up your data. (laughs) Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about Dark Crystal, which was the other show that premiered on Netflix on the same day. And I was going, initially, I was going to be like, okay, I'm going to watch Dark Crystal. And I picked that first. I was like, okay, I was going to watch that before Carnival Row. And then I switched to Carnival Row. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mostly made it through the pilot made it about 80 to 90 percent through the pilot and i was like Bleh, i have something else that i could be watching right now um it's yeah i made it through two episodes because i'd heard well it's kind of slow in the first but it picks up in the second and i feel betrayed because it does <laughs> no such thing I made it through two also because I wanted to perform due diligence in, you know, a lot of shows have bad pilots, but mm. wow, this, Allison, you want to start or you want me to start? Um, <laughs> be my guest. Okay, first off, why in God's green earth would you make a television series based on a 37-year-old cult movie mm-hmm. that didn't do well? Because it didn't know who its targets target audience was, and I'm sorry, the first Dark Crystal, it's beautiful puppetry. It's a great environment. As my wife was, as my wife commented while I was watching it, but it was boring. It doesn't have a great story. It's got a nope. very, very synthesized, cobbled together story that you feels like you've seen it before because you have, and 
And each episode of the series is like an hour long. So in two episodes, you basically have exceeded the runtime of the original movie, only you've got many more to go. It's like, come on. Ugh. It's it's torture. It's torture. It, it's too scary for kids and too dull for adults. That's what I thought. I mean, full disclosure, I was an adult by the time the original Dark Crystal came out. So I was not... I was not impressed with it. I was I was bored. I thought that the the design work, which was by Brian Froud, of course, was absolutely magnificent. It was gorgeous to look at, but the the story and the performances, frankly, were were just awful. And and I I just barely made it through the original movie. So when this came out, I was not terribly excited to see it. But I thought, well, you know, after all these years. Maybe they've improved things. I took a look. They've, they actually got a stellar cast to do the voices. And I thought, well, maybe this, this one's going to be better. All these years, they've had to improve the technology and all of that. You know, so hopefully it's got a decent script. Well, it, number one, I don't even know why they did it. Because they have improved the technology, but they didn't bother to use any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they've, they've got these inert little latex faces on these, on these, especially the Gelflings are the worst ones that uh. just stare at you. They're just dead-eyed Muppets, just <laughs> yapping their little faces at each other. Well, you didn't and like when they kissed and made out. I literally, I literally burst out laughing. It was, it was <laughs> hilarious. It was supposed to be a wonderful, touching moment, and instead, it was literally two lumps of latex smooshed together. It was, it wasn't anything alive. Um, so I, I was, I, I literally started laughing because it, they're just so inert and all they had to do was put a few servo motors in their faces to get some, some emotion into them. I feel sorry for the actors who were doing the voices because they're trying their best and, and yet, you know, there's nothing coming through because the faces are just blanks. So I, you can't, I mean, I don't know how people can watch 10 hours of this. Of of nothing staring back at you, and and then on it's top like, of all that, the, the dialogue is agonizingly bad. Oh well, God, will, it's torture. I, I will tell you this: it's what like tur- the it's like Muppets with Botox. <laughs> what, what turned me off of the series is I was watching the pilot, and you you have the bad guys, the Xerxes or something, the Skeksis, Skeksis, whatever. Uh, so they have this thing where people are tithing. And giving them, you know, tribute because they're like gods tribute. or whatever. And uh, one family comes in and they're like, well, we had a bad crop, so we don't have anything. And they're like, oh, lovely necklace. Like, oh, yeah, my mom gave it to me before she died. Oh, that will be perfect. And I was like, are you guys just going over the top to just be like, we are the villains in case you did not know. And it just felt, They didn't have mustaches to twirl. Lydia. It was just, yep. it was too much. I was like, come on, like. That I, I get that they're the well, bad guys. Well, it's cartoon guys. villainy. It was very cartoon, super cartoon, and I was like, I can't. I'm out, and I, yeah. I just I turned it off. I mean, off. I, I was the sets. I, I will tell you that the, the, oh, sets the sets gorgeous. were gorgeous. They looked mm-hmm. great, but just the characters and the and it, it felt like it was written for like a ten year old, and. But too scary for a 10-year-old. Yeah, it was weird. So it's like, who is the audience for this? Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, why this... would they make episodes 45 minutes long? Yeah. I don't know. I, of, of the, of the, I mean, the Skeksis have never 
been anything I could take seriously. The closest performance I actually liked was uh, I th- Jason Isaacs does the voice he of the emperor, the, and yeah, he's, he's the only one, one who yeah. does a voice I could take seriously. Oh, well, Jason that's because you recognize yeah, it was well, Jason Isaacs. I was like, oh, that's Jason well, Isaacs. Not, not really. I don't actually. His voice is not recognizable because he's still doing a character voice. No, but, but I, I, I all the other it. actors who are doing voices of the Skeksis, he's the only one who doesn't sound like he's doing like a, a bad impression of Yoda with a head cold. Well, there you was know. one guy with a head cold, but you know. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. There's nothing more to add here. Uh, uh, next yeah. Up, yeah, we're done. Next up, we're going to talk about the boys. We're going to talk about episodes seven and eight. Uh, I know we, we slow roll this one, but I really wanted to get in and talk about each episode specifically, so we can talk about the nitty gritty details. And so let's start off with episode seven, the self preservation society. And this episode is when the boys get betrayed by Mesmer, who they were Uh using, well, they broke his arm and were using him to help them, and then he saw it as an opportunity to get back in with the soups. And what's crazy is it really shows you how desperate the soups are to be celebrities. Like, because he was like a child star. (laughs) And, uh... Played by a former child star. I know, which is why I thought that was funny. But then he betrays them to Homelander, and Homelander's like, whatever, and totally leaves him on the roof. And took his phone! <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Wait, uh, who, who, play, who played him? Because uh, wasn't he was it a kid from... Or some? Yeah. Who was it? Haley Joel Osment from Forrest Gump. Yes! Oh my and god, also I knew from, it was a child actor. Uh, and and the, Sixth the Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense. The Sixth yeah. Sense. That's where I knew him from. My goodness, boy, has he grown up and out. I, um... <laughs> <laughs> That's just wrong. Oh, really? Come on! Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he did not grow up quite the way people were expecting. Come on. I, I, listen, I, I'm not fat shaming. I'm just saying that he was, to me, he was very, uh, like, unrecognizable yet recognizable. I was like, oh my God, where do I know this guy from? And then when I realized it, I was like, what? Um, I thought he, I thought he was really well cast. I thought yes, he was he like was. a great squirrely guy, a great, you know, I mean, he just, he did a great job. So, I mean, let's talk about his acting. Um, uh, yeah. And, no, and I then that he, whole bit about, you know, if you get me back with my daughter, then I'll I'll do what you want. But what's crazy is because he could read his daughter's mind, he could see she was yeah. really not interested. She, she yeah. didn't care. Yeah. yeah. And no, so he was that like, was really it. poignant. Yeah. That was really po- You know, it's like the show is very dark and it's um, very, um, what's the word? You know, with gritty. the violence and the grit. Yeah, I mean, beyond gritty. You know, I mean, some of the, the um, visuals and everything, beyond gritty, gross even. But... Um, you know, that was a really poignant moment and, and very, um, it took a moment, like there's a lot of poignant moments, but they're kind of more like dark and violent versus this one was just very sweet and sad. And I mean, it made me really understand his little arc in the show. It right. was very meaningful. Cause he still, I mean? even so, though he betrayed them, he didn't get a happy ending yeah. at all. No, nope. no, no, nope. And it's tragic. I mean, there's so much of the show that's just tragic. It's, it's, it's really heavy to watch, but done so well. And, and, um, yeah, no, so I thought that was a great little, I mean, it was more than a cameo, but I thought he, great casting, great little job he did. Um, and, and then they anyway. all find out because he betrays them, 
Then the seven find out that the boys exist and who they are, and Starlight realizes that Huey... That Huey has been using her. Yep, mm-hmm. and um, so then they don't trust her, and she gets she gets really oh, yeah. scarily she almost, threatened. Yeah. She, she, she almost got zapped. Yeah. Uh, so her life, he put, Huey basically ended up putting her life in danger, because they didn't believe that she didn't know. Um, and that was, that was especially because she's new to the team, so I get that. Um, Although one would think that Homelander would be able to monitor rises in blood pressure with super hearing. True. Well, she, but she, she was, was agitated, though. But she was... She, I don't know if that would be accurate because she was absolutely agitated and betrayed, and so her heart rate would have been up anyway. Um, but the heart... But the blood pressure. Yeah, all of that would be up, I think. Well, I think that would be a false... Superman special. could do it. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Homelander is no Superman. Yeah, well, that's true. We all know that. Uh, but that was all scary. He's deeply flawed. Yeah, and, and what's crazy, too, is because of that, that leads... Um, oh, man. That leads to uh, the next thing, which is Homelander then starts investigating. He's like, well, why does this guy want to kill me? Like, what? Mm-hmm. And then he remembers that he saw him with a girl that he had sex with. And mm-hmm. he's like, he starts putting it together and he starts asking questions. And what I love is the fact that the bad, well, they're the bigger bad guys. I'm like, why can't you guys get your story straight and tell the same lie? Like, the 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 scientist dude was like, yes, the baby died when we tried to give, you know, when we tried to give birth to the baby and it was messy and killed the mom and it was a whole thing. And then the the company chief told, like, the opposite. That's not the opposite, but, like, not the same story. It was similar. And I was like, how did you guys not talk about this? Well, it cost her her life. Well, yes. Yeah. But I feel like that's a conversation. Like, if we're going to lie to Homelander, let's make sure it's the same lie. Um, well, you get to find out how he was raised and he literally in a lab, and that's part of why he's a psychopath mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, and then you have the uncomfortable story. I will say this. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just going to say then you have the uncomfortable story of the deep in Sandusky, Ohio. <laughs> Oh, man, that was just beyond. I mean, I'm all for equal opportunity, but no matter who's doing what to who, that's just an awful situation. But add that to the whole, like, gills thing, you know, the, like... He can't breathe, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was just so... Ugh, it was super disturbing. Yeah, it was. It was was disturbing, but, you know, the thing is, it was also meant, I think, he, he had no understanding of what he's been inflicting on exactly, other people. Exactly, yeah. Yep. yeah. And it's so like, you know, third, now she's yes. on the other foot. Turnabout you know, so. is fair yes. play. That's it. Yeah, no, but, well, that's what I mean by, like, equal opportunity, like, you know what I mean? So, like, even though he kind of had it coming in the sense that, you know, he needed to, you know, I don't know that anything else would have kind of brought that revelation to him. He wouldn't have had the epiphany otherwise. But, man, I mean, it's like, I know gills don't actually exist in real life on people, but I just was like, this is so much more uncomfortable than I could imagine. It was, yeah, it was really. I almost had to turn it off. I really was like, what's happening? So yeah, it was. But again, the show—it's right up the alley of this show, which is amazing. I will say this because um, we were talking about the. Oh well, actually, let's go back to casting. I think what a great job. I don't know if anyone we talked about this, but um, the girlfriend from Karate Kid. Hello, Elizabeth um, Shue. 
Elizabeth Shue. She the I thought it that, from Adventures of yeah, Babysitting. Exactly. I mean, she, I, she was definitely cast against type. Um, you know, she, I don't think she's worked that much lately. So what is she great was on one choice of the CSIs for her? toward the end? Oh, okay. Well, did she play like a baddie? Did she play? No, some, she was she was the female lead. She, right. I think she replaced Marge, Marge Helgenberger when she left CSI oh, One. Exactly. So right. So she's practically a hero. Oh, I mean, she's definitely a protagonist, positive. It was a again oh, a great yeah. choice in casting, and I thought she did a great job. Great job. Showed a lot of levels and subtlety and conflict, and I mean, there was she had a lot to work with. They definitely gave her, um, you know, great things to do, and I think she she just stood right up to it. I think she absolutely took the you know what they All gave her all the she, way till the end. And that, <laughs> yeah. that, that role was gender flipped from the source material too. That's what I understand, yeah, and and that's really surprising to me because I mean there seems to be uh, they really did a great job of rewriting it because there seems to be so yeah. much hinging on the the back and forth the between aspect. her and yeah. Homelander, yeah. and yeah. Uh, that's that's so key to this you know the dynamic between what them. What is it, the Electra complex instead of the edible complex? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. exactly, yeah. 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 He really, oh, he really I, I, had it bad, but I mean, that moment, but that's also part of why, at first I thought he hated the baby because it took time yeah. away, but he was just like yeah. jealous, and, um, and and if you noticed, he brought that baby down where the bomb was, so that the baby definitely died, and uh, I was just like, wow, dude, you have a problem. Uh, electric, electric <laughs> many, many, many of them. Many. Yeah. Use an electric complex is when, but, is when girls have a fascination with their... Um, oh, no, father. I meant... Sorry. Oedipus. 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 I, meant to, I thought I switched it, but... No, you right, it's Oedipus. It, but whatever. Standard one. We got yeah, you. I unswitched. I, like, like outsmarted myself. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> but I just... We got to keep moving. We got to keep talking. So oh, I want to um, talk about the last things. bit. Two things. One, when Huey... After... After... He... After... He knows that she knows he betrayed her. The fact that she still meets him and is willing to help because she knows that the that the seven are bad. And then I did not see the last scene coming because of that the was... misdirects plural we had before. We had a fact... I I actually did realize that she was alive with the kid. I knew that, oh. but I didn't know that he knew that necessarily, and that that's okay. where they were going to end up. Like that was good, and that and I also realized that his wife had not been raped. Like when you see her come out, they have the video footage. Mm-hmm. And you see yeah, her that was my that first clue. That and I yeah. was like, she looks like she's sneaking out and she's fine. You know, mm-hmm. like she That's doesn't walk like a shame. Been assaulted. She <laughs> yeah. looked like was guilty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the fact that he looked at the same footage and was like, she must have been raped. And I was like, really? That's what you're seeing? Okay. Um, and I, so I knew that she had done it voluntarily. But I thought that she had still died in childbirth. is the right word, Libya. What did I say? Voluntarily. Voluntarily. Guys, I'm going to go back and watch that because I, I actually did think that she was kind of in that shock walk. You know what I mean? Like where she just can't believe what happened and she was kind of piecing herself back together again. I, I did not I, see I that. Didn't, that I didn't consensual. see it the same way. But anyway, well, we got to move on. We got to move on. Yeah. Um, yes. but what a I, way to kick your lead character in the nards as the season <laughs> ends. Yeah, that was great because it, it basically turned everything he believed on its head, mm-hmm. and all his principles were for naught. Everything was just 
turned Listen, up. I just want to say this. I knew very early on that she must have been alive because they just kept focusing and focusing and focusing. And I know it was supposed to be the impetus of his obsession and this and that, but I thought, no, there's, there's no way that she's not going to play into this somehow. My point is that even knowing that going maybe episode two, three at the latest, they still, you know, it was still a kick in the you know stomach, and they did such a great job. Even though I knew that, like, oh no, she's not a big deal. Um, it was they just did such a great job with it. So yeah, yeah. no, I think that's it's probably the best show I've seen in like you know this last year. Like you know, for all of the superhero stuff, I mean. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously there's other great shows, but as far as all the superhero stuff, I think this is my favorite in the last year or so. Okay. Well, let's move on. Uh, we're all saying thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Next up, we're going to talk about how to be a god in Central Florida. And I only watched the first 20 minutes of the pilot. Um, so I can't give a full review of the pilot. But I will say... That the casting was good. I could tell that all the actors were doing a good job. I just, when I, the parts that I watched, I was like, I don't care about any of this. And so that's kind of why I fell out. Because it's about basically a pyramid scheme, and this guy drags his family into the pyramid scheme, and how are they going to, and I was just like, oh, it's so boring. But apparently it got better. Allison? Um, yeah, it does. I can understand why. I mean, I it hooked me right away because back in the '80s, which which is when this is taking place, I knew so many people who were dragged into doing pyramid schemes, and I was I was dragged to more pyramid parties to watch them try to sell stuff. So for me, this there was like a personal thing. It's like, oh, I remember this. Um, but in it. it Besides that, I think at the very beginning, maybe it's a little confused as to where this is going and how this is playing out. And by the time you get toward like the the last the back half of the first episode, it really starts to gel and you understand where the characters are going. And I think the ending uh, ends with kind of a surprise. Um, you can go ahead for and most talk people. about. You can talk about it. Well, I know you know. I know you know about it. I don't know if people listening to this have I mean, actually. We, we always you know, talk about the pilots like you've seen it. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, the. I mean, the thing is, the, the her husband is played by Alexander Skarsgård, who normally is is one of the most gorgeous men to walk the planet. Oh, they made him so frumpy looking. It was. It was hilarious. He is. So such a goober in this thing. I was um, astonished how much you can do with like ill-fitting suits and a mullet wig. Um, and they did some of his teeth. Yes, yeah. And his his teeth look a little weird too. And he's just he just keeps acting in this goofy way. It's it's like, you know, he like he's he's too big for his body or something like that. He just is constantly awkward. It's a great performance. It really is. And he's the one who who sucks her into this this uh, this really kind of cult of a pyramid scheme, and it's like a, a way of life. Yeah, it really is. You know, I mean, well, that was part of the whole dynamic with a lot of these things is that they they got people to be whipped up into this frenzy and thinking they're all going to be millionaires, and it becomes this whole imaginary reinforcing thing. And he falls for it hook, line, and sinker. And eventually, because he's driving himself so hard 
to uh, to to succeed in this. He's going without sleep and driving miles per night, you know, and he's trying to hold a regular job while he's doing this at the same time. And they kind of they kind of telegraph what's going to happen from the beginning. You see him; he's driving along on one of these nightly routes. And he he hallucinates this moose in front of him and he veers off the road. And he manages to survive that. By the end of the the episode, he's quit his job on on the advice of his his upsell, the the guy who's on the rung above him. And they've put him in this horrible, ill-fitting tuxedo. And they're taking him, you know, out in this limousine and, and, you know, celebrating that he's he's left behind his old job and he's going to become fabulously wealthy and he he gets into his own car and starts driving off and again gets so tired behind the wheel he veers off the road and this time right into a swamp and the first time I and when I saw this I thought uh, okay well I was right he's he is gonna die in this Except he pulls himself out of the car. You see the car, the, the truck sink into the swamp, but he manages to rise up out of it. And he's he's wading in the water and celebrating with his friend, but he, he managed to make it out. And his friend is cheering him on, and I'm thinking, oh, well, okay. I mean, it is Alexander Skarsgård, so I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> and he is going to be able to, oh, my God, what just happened? And, and what just happened is that as he's celebrating the most immense crocodile you've ever seen leaps out of the water and eats him <laughs> as you're staring at him. and and that's the end of him and it's it's brilliant it is so surprising i mean i literally just screamed and it's it i think the the show really takes off after his death in the direction it's going to be going for the the rest of the series, which is focusing on her and what does she do after she the wants revenge. Yeah, well, and and but she also wants to succeed. She wants to survive. She's got a kid, and she's got no un- money. You, you don't believe how much debt he left her in, and she's got to survive. So she's got these twin things of yeah, she wants to get back at those who did this to her, but she also needs to just be able to to live and support her child. Yeah. So how she does this is brilliant. But and let's, let's makes wrap this series. Okay. So let's wrap that up. I guess you're saying thumbs up from you. Way, way up. Yeah, I think it's great. Alright, uh, next up we're going to talk about Titans, the season 2 premiere. And I will start off by saying I had no real intentions of watching Titans season 2 because I really did not like season 1 at all. Um, and the only reason they got me to come back for season 2 is they hired Ian Glenn to be Bruce Wayne. And I was like, well, okay, I gotta see what that's gonna be. So they got me to watch the pilot, or the premiere. Uh, Tom, what did you think of the premiere? I thought it was a, I thought it was a solid premiere. I personally wish they hadn't ended season one on a cliffhanger. Uh, and it wasn't I, a very think, good cliffhanger. I didn't care. Yeah, well, I I think you know for even if they knew they had season two, I think each you know Joss Whedon did it well. Or have a big bad for the season in the season, then start the new season. Right. So. I was glad that we did. I mean, they, it was a pretty good adaptation of the comic storyline. They did justice to it, especially when we see Trigon's true form. So I could understand why they put him in human form for the most. Um, 
I did appreciate that we got uh, they made the four recurring Titans from season one leads for season two. So that's Hawk and Dove, uh, Jason Todd, Robin, and also Wonder Girl. So mm. I thought it was a satis- I thought it was a satisfying season premiere. I, Ian Glenn, I think, is a terrific choice to, as Bruce Wayne. And Isai Morales is Deathstroke. That'll be interesting because he's going to play into how why the first iteration of the Titans dissolved. And we will meet two of his progeny as well. Yeah, so uh, that is the only thing that's interesting. Because to me, because you introduce Ian Glenn as, as Bruce Wayne and you introduce Isai Morales. And I was like, oh, they went and got some veteran actors. All right. Um, so that to me is the most interesting thing. And I do like the other Robin way better than the one that we're supposed to be following. Dick um, Grayson? Yeah, he's so boring. Uh, he has not gotten better in season two. That did not happen. Do you and not I, like the actor or the character? Both, I think. And I think also I realized part of my issue is the actor looks like Quentin from um, The Magicians. And I was like, oh, they're both so plain. Oh, he doesn't look anything like them. He absolutely does. All but, white boys do not look alike. <laughs> But I'm just, he's so boring. I cannot stand him. He played and, Orlando Bloom's son in the uh, Yes, movie. I know. I know. Um, but the other thing is the Donna girl, I don't find her interesting either. So that's just like, and the tiger guy, whatever his name is, Char. Changeling? Czar, I'm sorry, Char. Beast Boy? Yeah, Beast Boy. He's not that interesting either. So oh, it's come like, on. There's like three characters out of that group that I'm just snoozing on. We've got to see him change into something else besides his go-to. Yeah, I know. Whatever. <laughs> I, I think they solved the the cliffhanger from last season relatively well, I guess. But, but I mm-hmm. felt like the situation wasn't that interesting in the first place. So the solve of it wasn't particularly great either. I'm way more interested in what's coming this season. Like what they have coming, like that could be interesting. Death but I'm not stroke. holding. I'm not holding my breath. Uh, I guess I'll keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> Low committal. I'm surprised they didn't have at least a tease of Crypto or Superboy. Considering well, they kept talking they about in... Superman. They talked about they name dropped Superman like three. Well, times. no, but they were but but the post credits sequence of of the season one finale was. We we see crypto and super you know or we see a a form that is Superboy but we don't see his face because they hadn't cast the actor at the time. Yeah, I already but, know they cast uh, him. I know he's coming, and they name. Oh no, Superman they've cast like, him. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying but they name dropped him like three it. times in the premiere, so obviously he's coming. Yeah, I'm just surprised we didn't uh, get a glimpse of either of them. I thought it was interesting. Uh, Donna's origin was the class. Well. Her being trapped in a burning building and saved by a fire by a firefighter, that's the initial origin of Donna Troy. I was surprised they didn't give a glimpse of a, a golden lasso rescuing her because that's you know how she got connected with Wonder Woman. But I thought it was solid. Mm. It was a little better than last year. I was uh, saying it was better than the pilot. Yes, it is that is because the pilot was kind of a hot mess. All right, well, let's move on. I can't get so excited about it. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Killjoys. we got two episodes of Killjoys to talk about. And, dude, it's like, do they know that this is the last season? I feel like the, oh, writers, they know. I feel like the writers weren't told. Because oh, these episodes are very one-offs. 
It's weird. Oh, I disagree. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I disagree I also. Go, Tom. The, the prison thing, the, the resolution of the prison thing, I didn't really care about. I thought that the, you know, the mystery of who the murderer was. Wasn't you know, that, that it was mysterious. the shrink who was yeah. crazy. It wasn't that, yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I thought episode eight was interesting because you have two storylines that are almost, could be A-plots on a normal series. And they're running them concurrently with Dutch and Zeph going to her home. That was actually, I like that one. Yes. Yeah, that, I like that. And then the guys trying to, uh, what were the guys trying to do? They were playing Capture the Flag with the prisoners. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, that flag. was the same episode. Okay. Oh, yeah. that, w- that was They're trying to train the prisoners. Right. To 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 do this thing on uh, Westerly. The fight yeah. back. I, need more, I, I have a question. I need more what is going on? My, yeah, that's true too. But what's going on with Klein? Is he oh. falling for the lady? Is he faking no, I it? Is he... Oh, Klein's on his own Langer. side. Yeah, yeah I was but like, what's happening I'm with Klein? And yeah. I'm annoyed. But, I mean, we learned I thought... nothing in five years of this show. Klein yes, is on exactly... his own side. Well, but I it looked hope. like it looked like it the, looked like the lady was influencing him. Like he had yeah. to shake his head. And be like, oh, right, I'm supposed to kill her, right? Am I supposed to be killing yeah. her? Like, he looked confused when but she was... I he's stringing her along. But, uh, but for, to what end? He could have killed her there. Like, yeah. that's what I don't understand. Yeah, like, well, they, except that, he that he her point... Have, I think they got some planning to do. Well, I they, think he's told himself he can manipulate her. Right. That's that's so, that's manipulate her, like, manipulate her to, you know... Um, to make her innocuous, to like you know, and then but keep her alive. Like I don't I have to he's kill her. That she's becoming more human, and he can manipulate her that way. Right, that... but in lieu of just killing her, because you don't need to manipulate someone if you kill them. Well, the like, other thing she pointed her. out, she pointed out that that's not her body. He'd yeah. have to actually. Kill... She claims it's not her body. That's true too. She well, could no, be he... lying. Well, but they've been saying that her body is hidden somewhere, right. and that's what they have to kill. They have to so kill her body. she is correct about that. And, no, and that's true. Yes, he does, does because she, yes, she just told she told him if oh, you well, kill me. Yeah, she was like, if you kill me now, you're not right. killing my body, and I will make, get my revenge and kill you. She says that in dialogue. Right, you're so right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So now then it all does make sense. And then yeah. it's just him realizing I can't kill you now. So now I'm gonna make pretend that I, you know, I'm gonna make you my, you know, fake Third daughter. daughter yes. My brother right. daughters are. Well, dead. and I was like, why is she so obsessed with Klein being her daddy? Like, what's going on? <laughs> well, she's being influenced. I think the idea is that she's being influenced by by occupying the body of this girl. But and also whatever, whatever means she had emotionally and, and becoming on. more human and, and becoming more human. So then developing yeah. those like natural bonds for love, desire for connection and love and family and stuff. So even even if I agree with Allison, but even if that wasn't the case, um still just that whole like I'm becoming human and I have these weaknesses called emotions and <laughs> I need to have, <laughs> I need to have connection. Like I mean, isn't that the whole point of sci-fi yeah. about, you know, humanity? Yeah, I, just, I also you know got I mean? upset when um, they were talking about how terrible um, Zephyr's family is and why she kept going back. She was like, yeah, like how you keep going back to Klein because he's terrible. It's like, he's not terrible. Klein's not terrible. Take it back. <laughs> You've always I had an funny. unhealthy fascination with Klein. Really, I, I really do. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not denying it. I'm not denying it. <laughs> I will say this, because, uh, Libby, you touched on it about the episode about her going back to her planet. I, I really like the um, the bond, the sisterly bond the two of them have been oh, have yeah, created. Oh, yeah, I do, you know? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
love the dialogue. Like, I'm a little bit sad. I was a little off on this season in the beginning, and I, you know, but I, I know, I, I feel the opposite. Uh, Libby, I feel like they know they're ending, so now they're just kind of tying pretty bows on everything and giving you what you want. Oh, did you, you see you the want. t-shirts, by the way? No, what t-shirts? Yes. At the end, in their end <laughs> dinner, Braun and Brain, because they were like, oh. they were like, you're, oh, yeah. he's like, you're the brains, I'm the bronze. He's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna totally get that on a t-shirt. And then in the last sure. scene, they have the t-shirts. Oh, oh the dinner, the dinner, the dinner, the dinner table scene where yeah. they've got uh, some some small family song. dinner, family dinner scene that really should be the end of that is the end of every like romantic comedy slash you know heartfelt movie. You know that dinner, that steel magnolias dinner at the end. You know, in a field somewhere, everyone sits down at a picnic table. Right. I thought I was like, we could save that for the very end, but but anyway, yeah, no, that that is exactly what I'm talking about. I love that the. The joking verbally, but then the then the just bring that joke home, you know, with the T-shirts and everything. It um it reminded me again why I do love the show. Uh, in the beginning, I thought it was a little too rock and roll and you know this and that, but it got the writing is really smart, can be, um, and it's a much funnier show than I think um, people give it credit for. Episode eight with- was written by Michelle Lavretta, so oh, that's, that's a runner. good sign when your yeah. when your creator's show and re- writes an episode so late into the series. I'm still not convinced that we're not going to lose somebody we care about, specifically one of the Jacoby brothers. Yeah. Because oh, no. yeah. they keep talking about, oh, what are we going to do after? Like, yeah. Right. That, that's that always be, like that's a, never oh, man, I only have a couple days left so I can retire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> retirement talk is literally a death uh, sentence. It mm-hmm. really is. Yeah. I just yeah. can't figure out if it's going to be Davin or John. Oh, cause then if if it's de- well, it's, Dutch is gonna hate either one option. Either option would devastate her. Yeah, I Dav will sacrifice himself to save John or John. I don't yeah, know. I think it's I mean? going to be John because he's the one who's talking about going away and living on a farm. Uh, <laughs> that'll send him to the farm upstate. <laughs> It'll be fine. And what? And, and what was the deal with 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 Dav trying to find? Uh, are you seeing anybody right now? Ask him for a friend. Uh, yeah, he's trying to find. <laughs> I mean, he wants he them to trying double to date. That he yeah. really wants to be with Dutch because that's what John. I, no, does. no, no, no. He's trying to find a double date. He was trying to find a date for his brother. He's trying yeah. to get John a, a girlfriend. Yeah, and it's hilarious. Besides the ship. <laughs> wait, wait, I have this theory. I want it out. I want it out in public. I want. I want it out in public. If he, if John sacrifices himself to save everybody else before he dies, Lucy's going to upload him. That's what I think. System. And they can live happily forever. Yes. <laughs> As like digital, digital companions. That's exactly what I. I want it out there. I, I said it. First. I agree. I Just agree. like the end of years and years. Mm-hmm. Oh God! All right. So that I think that's all we have to say. We're saying thumbs up for this week's episode, I believe. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah, so if so you guys have any questions or comments, send them to campfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You can listen to us on GetThePointRadio.com, Krypton Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.